and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get real about what it takes to become the wealthiest and happiest version of you. After creating my first seven-figure year, 12 months after having my first baby, I am on a mission to show as many women as possible how they can create tons of money in their online business with the most ease and joy possible. I'm here to inspire you and guide you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for this conversation with Amber. Um, Amber has been one of my clients in my mastermind. She's been to my house (laughs) for VIP day. (laughs) Um, so Amber, I'm just like really excited to have you here today and, and get to chat and catch up a little bit. Yes. I'm so excited, Taylor. And yeah, coming to your house and like, Oh, how is that? Like almost a year ago already. It was yeah. So special. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. It was so long ago. I cannot believe that. Um, so anyway, do you want to just take a second and introduce yourself? Let people know like what it is that you do and a little bit about your business. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I live in Costa Rica. So Amber Hagberg here, I transitioned from being a yoga teacher to a life coach to now a business lifestyle mentor, an expat in a third world country now for the last seven and a half years, which is crazy. I moved here to start a retreat business, which, you know, as the universe consciously guides you into the right places and everything unfolding in the way that it does, now being able to run an online business that fills my retreats and use my retreat to fill my online business and be able to craft the lifestyle to now be a mother and and learn from people in my world like you of how we can have and do it all. Oh, I love that. I feel like I'm going to need you to catch me up a little bit on or really take me back a little bit on this story Mm -hmm. of like moving to Costa Rica and kind of starting this endeavor of not just hosting retreats there, but also building a retreat center. Like, how did that happen? (laughs) Yeah, so it's wild because I moved here with my ex-boyfriend and like he had the finances to build a retreat center. And so we had been planting this seed for like four and a half years. And yeah, when we moved here, our relationship took a turn. And that's actually when my business and myself started to really grow and bloom. And I had left the left the idea of building a retreat center because I didn't have the resources at the time. And now over the last seven and a half years, being able to bring that vision back to life. And just before Amani was born, we bought a piece of land. And now we are down here in Pavona is at the edge of the world. So they say, um, really looking at what is it going to cost to build a road? There's no water, there's no electricity, there's like literally nothing. So we're here like seeing like what that investment is going to look like. So what is that process like? Like, are you just kind of like researching these things? Are you making like phone calls to certain people? I mean, I'm not really asking for actual logistics, but 
I'm I'm curious because I feel like you know like something that really motivated me to create more wealth in my life, more money through my business was like starting that process with like okay, where do I want to live and what does this kind of house cost and what does it take to get approved to buy that kind of house and that was like really really helpful for me. Are you kind of finding a similar vibe with this process that you're going through? Yeah, exactly. And really implementing some of the things that you teach is like, what do I need to make to make that dream come true? And when I look at it here in Costa Rica, I don't get the same type of loan. So it's really being able to reinvest the money that my business makes into the land here and into building wealth. And something that I really like to to teach and focus on is creating multiple revenue streams so that I don't have to just get it from my business. And when I look at like taking the money that I make in my business and finding out like, what does it cost for us to build a road? What is it going to cost for us to dig a well and to put electricity on the property? And so it is like a lot of like checking in to see what that is and then putting that into how much money I desire to make this year so that I can start to build different revenue streams as my business grows. And yeah, as we plant more seeds here in Costa Rica. Oh, I love that. That's so exciting. I feel like I'm excited to talk about this because I was just having a conversation today with someone else about like their their money goal, right? Like I want to have whatever, whatever number, like 20K months or whatever. And as I'm like coaching her and talking to her, it made me really think like sometimes we think the money goal in our business is like the goal. But I actually really think that if we just made the money from our business, just the vehicle that gets us to the actual goal. Um, I don't know. It's just so much more exciting. And so I think kind of like bringing people on and talking about different things that people are working towards and that they want can give people new ideas of like what their desires might actually be. Um, Because money is just made, like the numbers are just made up, right? It's like, really, why are you making that money? Yeah. And something too, that I had to work through last year is like, I had a goal for how much money I wanted to make. And because I was buying and I I built a piece of, um, I built a house on a piece of land and I sold it, but like there was a part of me that didn't count that income that I made. Like I had doubled my money in less than six months by building and selling a home. And I was like, but that doesn't count because it's not my business. And I was like, wait a minute, Amber, you, you have a goal to make. And it doesn't matter if it's not this business or that business. It's why do you want this money and where do you want to put this money? And so it was like a little bit of a mindset uh, twist I had to make last year. Is like, no, you actually did make your goal, just not the way that you wanted to make it or you thought you should make it. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, I know. It's like you should, like it is like, you know, your business is separate. So yeah, knowing like how much your business makes and what its growth is and profit and you know, all the things, but then also like you get to count everything. Like, no, that wasn't from your coaching business or from your retreats, but like it was abundance that you, you created in your life. And so hell yeah, it counts. (laughs) Of course it counts. Um, that's so cool that you did that. Is that separate? Like you guys are building right now too. your like your own house, right? Yeah. So we ended up, it finished so quickly. We built it in like three months. And right now we are about three hours south of where our home is. And we're Airbnb our home while we we figure out how we can build the retreat center down here where we are. So using that home right now as um, passive income, as, as they say, 
to um, maintain where we're living now and checking in like how to how do we start bringing the dream here to the retreat center and um, having different real estate properties throughout Costa Rica as as we um, build wealth in a different way. I'm so jealous that that only took you three months. <laughs> you know, it's it's <laughs> our projects are taking much longer, Amber. <laughs> I know, and like here in Costa Rica, they say pura vida time because normally things take so long, and I don't know how this happened. I think that it was manifested by my son or something, so it could be ready for him. But I was, yeah, really grateful that it it happened so quickly. And Taylor, I'll let you know we have to hold the duality because there's a lot of things that they could have done slower for better quality, right? So mm. I'm like, yeah, it's great, and they missed a lot of details on the final finishes, so it's like. Maybe next time take a little longer. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. I feel you. There's always there's always duality, right? It always looks like easier when someone else is doing it or like, what the heck? How did that only take you three months? Why is it taking me so long? And you know, there's always give and take with everything and, and lessons learned too is what I'm learning. Like I feel like in my business, I've kind of, even though there's lots of times in my my coaching business still that I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but like for the most part, I'm like, I've been doing this for a long time. I know what the heck I'm doing. Like, but then in these other things we're starting to do, like renovations and this whole like farm thing, I'm like, I feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> like, and I feel like I'm asking, like I have to ask questions that I'm like, I'm going to sound like I have no right to be doing these things because I'm just so like stupid and uneducated on these things. But that's how we start new things. I mean, I don't know if you've like seen that with like investing in real estate or doing some of the things that you're doing where it kind of feels uncomfortable or like you're a newbie again. Yeah, it, that's when you were speaking, I was like, oh, this is the uh, the the vulnerability or humility to be a beginner again mm-hmm. <laughs> and need to ask those like, you know, really simple questions like, wait, I should know this. It's like, no, you shouldn't. This is a totally different, different ball game. Yeah. I mean, has it like, it's kind of a straightforward question, but like, has it been kind of scary making some of these decisions, putting your money towards these investment properties and and things like that versus just like, I I feel like sometimes we just want to like hoard it all away. Oh yeah. And what I found when this was happening is like, you know, when you start investing into coaching and stuff, you start to build confidence. You're like, yeah, I'm okay with investing this way. But then when I took my entire life savings and invested it all into building a house with, you know, a friend, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. And, you know, the nervous system of trusting that and then being able to look back and just see that it was another ability to take a leap, a big risk and, trust in what you're doing and how you're investing. And I feel like it really just allows you to grow your inner human every time you, you take one of those leaps, but it's like we get guided into these bigger leaps and doing something you've never done before. It doesn't matter whatever that it is that you do traveling, leaving a relationship, starting a marriage. It's like, it's scary. It's, you don't know how it's going to turn out, but I feel like that's what grows the inner human along the way is like taking those risks. I even think to, I sold everything I own to move to a third world country that minimum wage was about $3 an hour. And I had no idea what online coaching was being an entrepreneur or anything. It was just like, okay, let's see what happens. And 
So then when I just look back at like, you know, the last eight years, it was like constantly taking different types of leaps and just seeing how each one is like this initiation and it's scary every time. And then on the other side, you're like, wow, I'm just not who I used to be because of that decision. It's scary every single time. Do you feel like you're getting less scared or do you feel like it's like, nope, (laughs) like it's still just as scary? it's not as scary because you now you now know like when I was going through a horrific heartbreak I was like in it dying and I Mm. knew that there was another side you like you like know you're gonna get there and you know that this is gonna shape you and so it's like you have the emotional intelligence that you know that this is just part of it that you can you can now do it with more faith more trust because you've done it so many times and so you've already like have the evidence in your own life that like it's only going to get better from here and this decision like no matter where you go it's going to shape who you become so like let's follow the heart's desire because that's what's guiding you so it's like you have more more faith because you've done it before Mm, I love that. Yeah. Cause when I'm listening to, I'm like, man, she must be getting pretty good at like releasing, releasing money into the world, using your resources to create something new and beautiful. And that's just like really uncomfortable for a lot of people because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who've built some money, like some, I mean, you might even hesitate to call it wealth because you don't feel rich or wealthy, but like you really built something for yourself through your business. And then it's like, you still want to be creating more. And it's like, when, how do you decide? When do you decide when it's safe to like release some of that? You know what I mean? I mean, I found that where it was like, it used to be that $0 felt like zero. And then before you know it, it feels like $20,000 feels like zero. And really, if you want to be creating new things in the world, which it's so cool to think, like you built a freaking house in Costa Rica. Like, not that that's guaranteed to always be there forever, but that's going to be there forever for a really long time. And like, who knows like who's going to live there and what that's going to turn into. And like, you just created something beautiful there that wasn't there before. Like, I just think that's so cool, but it took risk. It took like being willing to let go of your resources and not, you know, hold on to, hold on to it too tightly. Yeah. And when you you bring me back just to the moment, it was like, I like literally I took everything out of my bank account, gave it to a friend. Like I didn't even know like what was really going to happen. And when I look back around, like, how I had more trust in that. But then it's like the mundane things. Like it's still working on the money mindset. Like I feel safe investing thousands of dollars in coaching or now like building a house in Costa Rica. But it's like the little tiny day-to-day things. It's like trusting in that way of Mm. releasing money, if that makes sense. So it's like money is just an energy, right? But every different way in which you spend it. It's all about the mindset and the belief that you have and the way that you spend it. And so I've just been really looking at trusting that there is always enough. And sometimes I just lay there and I'm like, oh my gosh, Amber, you built a house and you sold it in Costa Rica and you built another house and like, you are safe. It's safe. There's always more coming in. And I think it's just a consistent daily practice to witness like how you feel when money's going in and out and what it is that you can trust where you put your money and the places in which where you're like, you can't qualify. And the reason that I brought that up is because I remember when I was working in Costa Rica, I just moved here and I was doing eight massages a day. I was teaching yoga classes and a guy said to me, Amber, what do you do with all your money? And I was like, oh, well, and I had, you know, a lot of money in the bank at the time. And I was like, I save it. And it just it, like 
something clicked in my mind at that moment when I was like, oh, this is what my dad used to do. And he like Mm. passed away from working so hard to save for later. And so there's this moment where I started traveling the world and spending money and like upgrading from instead of sleeping on a like airport floor or in a hostel, I started like getting a hotel and like staying by myself and going out to eat. I used to not ever go out to eat. So it's just like being able to watch and witness my relationship with money and the journey becoming. But when you were talking about like zero dollars, 20 K and now I have way more than I could have ever imagined. And there's still, it still comes and I'm like, Oh, hi. Mm -hmm. And so something that like, you know, I started implementing this year um, because of you is having money Monday dates and neutralizing the ups and the downs. And just knowing that like, there's moments in my life where it was just growing, 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 growing. And now it's like, there's moments in my life where in this moment right now, I'm holding the void of using so much debt and healing my relationship around debt because the debt that I have is to create wealth, but it's like shifting the mindset and how you feel about debt. Oh my gosh. Everything you just said, like 100%. I mean, I have so many thoughts on this and it's so interesting because you just shared that. And I, I got interviewed to be on someone else's podcast recently. And I was kind of talking about just, you know, me, I'm always sharing things that I'm like in the middle of. And so I was kind of sharing like, you know, I want this like upcoming maternity leave. Like I can't, I just, I want to take a longer maternity leave. Like I want to really disconnect. And, you know, I think people think like, okay, before I have my baby, I'll like have all these funnels and I'll have all this money coming in. And I'm like, honestly, like, I I kind of just know, like, it, there won't be as much money coming in as normal because I won't have a million things running and I won't have a million clients coming in. And like, I'm looking forward to it. And it means that I I get to trust that I can lean into the safety net that I have created. And and she reflected back to me like, well, that's, that's a thing that we always forget is like money is meant to be used. Like, why did we make it? We're meant to spend it. We're meant to use it. And you know me, I'm all here for like, being smart with your money and invest it and and grow it and save it. But also it's interesting because I see so many people who build money, wealth, whatever, a safety net. And then it's like, once they need to use it, they feel so bad about it and need to use it is so relative, right? Because it's like, you know, I could pop out a baby and just keep hustling my butt off or like, um, did you really need to invest it in that program? No, like you chose to, like, why can't we look at that in like a positive light and just like be proud of it, be happy about it. And like, be grateful that we have, like, we have that money to use. That's why we made it. That's why we saved it to use it someday. Um, I think it's such a missing piece in the money conversation. Yeah. And you gave me goosebumps when you were speaking, because what I picture is just your ability that all that you built over these last, you know, few years to have that safety net. And like, you're never going to have three kids at this age again, and to trust, to invest your time, your energy, your resources into like, they're going to be small. And one day they're going to have kids and they're going to have their own families. And like, you're, you can work all, you know, serve all of your clients then. And just to really be in the moment of being a mother. And I know me being a mother, when I first had Amani, I was like, I'm going to retire and I'm just going to be a stay at home mom. And it's just like to be in that bubble and to watch your, your babies grow up together at this age, you'll never have that again. And 
money can't buy that and money can't buy time. And so to be able to trust where we invest our energy and our time is so important. And sometimes I think we forget that what you said, we build wealth, we build a safety net so that we can spend it. And yet when it comes time to spend it, we're like, well, maybe I should save it. Oh yeah. Because I've, I've had other, this is kind of like a whole nother conversation from like real estate or whatever, but it's so good. It's like, I've, I've had a lot of clients who are moms and who've taken maternity leaves a lot longer than I have, like three months off of working their business. And there's no right or wrong. Like you should just do what you want to do, but they come back to their business feeling so guilty. And they, they create the story. Like I didn't make money for three months. And like, you know, my, my engagement is dead and everything is dried up. And it's like, no, that's not what happened. Like what happened was you did something really cool and admirable that you had one shot to do and like chose to take that time for you and your baby. And again, there's no right or wrong, but I think the point here is like, I think, I I just hope that what this conversation can do for people is give them permission to explore their real desires and follow them and not feel guilty about it. And also like such a good opportunity to work through the money stuff and the fear that does come up through utilizing your money in whatever way you choose to. because that's what it's meant for. Yeah. And it's admirable. Like one of my best friends, she had a baby this last year and she came back and she took six months to announce to the world. She's like, I'm actually not going to do my coaching business anymore. And that wasn't the plan. But like my fulfillment right now is so big from being a mother that like, I don't want to step back into it. And so like for her to come out and say that there was so much shame and guilt that she had to work around. So I think it's like full mm. permission. What you've said is like to follow your heart and that the business will always be there if that becomes your desire again. And, but I know it's, it's hard not to have that story that we create when we do come back. Yeah. And the other thing this has me thinking about too, is this feeling when you're making good money in your business and you kind of start to feel like, um, like I, I have, I have people that tell me, and I've, I've felt this even like not super recently, but like after I moved. And so my bank accounts were a lot, kind of what you're saying, like I poured a lot of, of my savings and money into this move and buying this house. And so I had a moment was like, wow, like I built the seven figure business and I have nothing to show for it, which is laughable because I had so much to show for it. And the, and I see it with clients all the time where they're like, I just had this big month, but I have nothing to show for it. It's like, well, yeah, you do. Like, look at this incredible team you're running. Look at this, in, like these incredible moves you're making in your life. Like, no, you're not going to keep every single dollar you ever make. And you also will um, compound every, it's like, it's, it's, it's at the same time. It's like, you're not going to keep every dollar you make. And also every dollar you make will compound in some way because everything can be an investment with your money even if it doesn't look like it is, it just, it's the timing, right? Like, yes, right now it might look like you don't have a million dollars in your bank account, but like also look at the life you have, look at the other abundance that you have. And one day you very well may have a million dollars in your bank account because of what you've, you've released recently. You know what I mean? I still know what you mean because I, when I bought my property, I was like, my my bank account is empty. But I'm like, but now you have a dream. You ocean view property in Costa Rica for seven years was your dream. You bought it. And now you're like, yeah, but now I don't have anything. There's something about it being in the bank that it feels safe, even yeah. though I don't know. I mean, 
controversially speaking, it's safer in property than it is in the bank, right? But something about being able to see the numbers, whereas like the property, like you were saying, it's always going to be there. And so, yeah, I, it's, it's a mindset thing. It really is being able to really look at the investments that you make and, and trust that in the future, like you were saying, that there will be month, like actual dollars in the bank from how it compounds. And it just made me circle back around to thinking like the property that I bought eventually is going to be a retreat center and then not being able to have to pay other people for their retreat center. Eventually, like this property is going to compound overall. And the area that I actually bought the property and my husband kept saying, buy now, buy now. And I'm like, yeah, but why don't we wait? And this area in the last year has blew up. So when we do make those investments, like it could all change tomorrow. Like the the mm. thing that you buy, the thing that you invest in, the decision that you make, it's like being guided to follow your heart, whatever your heart is saying. And then later on being like, that's why I made that decision then. We just don't get to see it in the now. Sometimes we don't get to see it for 10, 15 years. Exactly what I was going to say. It's like it might it might compound really freaking fast and it might compound what feels like really freaking slow. (laughs) Um, But it is compounding and it's all in divine timing. And oh my gosh, that's so true with investments of, of all, all kinds. Right. It's so good. I love that. I like really admire that about you that you've been willing to like, yeah, release your abundance and put it into these different areas and allow yourself to do all sorts of like, you've had so many cool life experiences now because you've been willing to do that. I just, I love that about you. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it does feel, it it feels like a a dream and all at the same time, it's like, yeah, but maybe, maybe I should do more. And so that's where we get to catch our human. Like when you, when you do everything that you've ever wanted and then you're like, okay, but now I want more. And just listening to Abraham Hicks yesterday or something like that, I think it was. And I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter where you end up because once you get what you want, you're always going to desire more. So how can you just constantly remember that this is ending human cycle of wanting to grow? Like that's why we're here. We desire to grow. And yeah. <laughs> I knew you, I knew you were going to say something about that because <laughs> I know, like, I just know you. And and that's how so many of, of us are. It's like, there's always another thing that we want. Like, okay. But also I wish I was like, you know, 10 steps ahead of where I am. Well, yeah, get used to it because <laughs> when you're 10 more steps ahead, you're going to wish you were another 10 steps ahead because you're just such a, a big dreamer. I'm sure that you see this too. Like, I want to share a little bit with everybody, like, um, just one of your, many geniuses about you is hosting retreats and selling out retreats. And I think that even though it might seem like this conversation isn't directly related to that, I'm sure you see this with clients and even probably in yourself with wanting to host retreats. I think that's one of the hardest parts is like, it does require, I mean, you would know better than me, but like, it does require like putting out money and trusting that this retreat is going to fill and it's going to make money and people are going to come into it. And that's one of the scariest things when we go to a leader retreat. It's like, but I have to put thousands of dollars down before mm-hmm. I have any certain retreaters. 
And the other emotional game in that is like a lot of times, like when we're launching our programs, people join your retreat last minute and it's like, yeah, but if someone doesn't, and so you really have to hold the void of this investment for your dream to come true, to create a life transforming experience at the retreat and that you're going to be paid for it. It is an emotional game in that and it is an initial investment. And you really have to wait for the ROI to come around. And something that I find too with hosting retreats is like, it's a part of your brand that you have to build and people get to know that. And it's like, well, how do I fill out my retreats? And it's just like consistently growing your relationships and getting to know people and letting people know that this is what you do and how to hold that void is just really trusting if if it's a desire that you have it's because you're meant to host retreats and so putting down that initial investment is you saying like yes i accept that like this is where i'm going next with my business so this is like a very strategic question <laughs> like suddenly do you would for someone cuz cuz you have done many retreats and you've filled them and i feel like you've been doing them for a long time now for someone who is like really desiring to do their first one, you you said like you kind of build this awareness with your brand, like that retreats are a thing. Do you think that means like the best way to start would be to start with something that's small and doesn't require like, I mean, a huge investment is relative, but like, what would your advice be to someone who wants to host their first retreat and is trying to make some of those like logical financial decisions with it? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, it, it builds over time. But what I would do is find a place that you can rent out where you don't have to put down your initial investment for six months before. And then either add the retreat on to a mastermind, a program, one on one coaching, and get your first one to three people to sign up and pay for your first initial deposit. This is going to build your momentum because you, once you get one person to sign up, there's something where you get to start to visualize it happening. Mm -hmm. So when you can do an add on to what you're already doing in your business, it's just an additional. And when you have that six month leeway, I find like one year is a good place to start advertising a retreat, but like six months is when people actually start booking and signing on. So you could do it anywhere from one year to six months and get at least one to three people saying yes and putting their deposit down. And in that way, it's like you start to visualize it, feel it, see it happening. And then you start talking about it. Oh my gosh, guess what's happening behind the scenes? My one-on-one client just upgraded to my first retreat ever. And you start talking about it and building the momentum as you get your first few people saying yeah. And then I'm curious too, like what you've seen in terms of... um like, where does the ROI happen with a retreat? Because I've heard so many people say, not that this is good or bad or right or wrong, but like that you don't, you're not really going to make money off of the event. You might make money off of like the back end of the event. And so I'm just curious, like what your experience has been for that. So that someone that's thinking about it kind of has realistic expectations of what's possible. The first thing that I would recommend doing is like, what is the ideal client desire for their experience, right? Because there's some people that want to go for a surf retreat and that's like, you know, lower ticket. There's other people that want luxury and they want a villa and that's higher ticket. So it's like really looking at the price points that you have. And then saying, how many people bare minimum do I need to just break even 
And then how many do I need to make at least $10,000 so that you can book in a place for your ideal client, the luxury that they desire, or, you know, the bare minimum, let's just go to Costa Rica and go surfing. I don't really need anything. And that way you can start to look at how many you need to break even and how many you need to make at least $10,000. Because for me last year alone, my business brought in $25,000 in two retreats. So I profited about 12 12,000 per retreat. And that was only with six to 12 participants because of the place that I rented out. And something that I have my clients do when I'm working with them is like budget to make at least $10,000. And you do that by at least doubling how much it costs per person. So your expenses per person, you double that. Mm -hmm. And then you look at, okay, if I'm going to double that, how many people do I need? And then you just hold that in your, in your mind and in your energy and in your meditations, your visualizations that that's how many people are going to be there. And it's fascinating. I know that you teach this a lot, but when you really look, you see, you feel you're with that amount of people at the end. Mm -hmm. That's like the craziest feeling, isn't it? online program or in person, it's like the craziest thing to see your vision come to life. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is, is what you said earlier, a few questions ago, like holding the void, like you have to be willing to hold that vision, see it, feel it, believe in it, even though there might be a, especially if you're doing a retreat a year in advance, six months in advance, like you might not hit your goal until the last minute. So it might be 12 months of like, holding this vision that is not real yet until suddenly one day it is. And it's the coolest, craziest thing, but um, we have to really be willing to just, like you said, hold it. And when you look at like your passion or your reason why for hosting a retreat and you can get into that energy, it's like, it allows you to see the bigger reason why you're doing a retreat rather than online. And a lot of times if I ask a client, like, do you actually see yourself hosting this retreat? Do you visualize yourself? Well, no. And it's like, okay, well, you have to get back into the passion of like why you want to have this many people and why you want to do retreats to begin with. Because if your whole energy isn't there, that's where, I, as I'll steal your words, the wavering comes in. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you get into the passion, you can really see and feel it. You really do attract the people that you need to make it profitable. But for me personally, retreats were never like, I want to make money off of retreats. It's like, I want to go deeper with my clients in person because something magical happens when we unplug from doing the dishes, cleaning, even if we have people doing that for us, when you don't have to think about anything, you just literally wake up and your whole day's planned and you go through workshops and you go meet people and you're like, I was supposed to come to this retreat to meet you, not me, like another attendee perhaps. And you're like, okay, that's why I'm supposed to be here. It's such a pivotal moment for people. And it's your retreat that you're leading. So you get to really hold this pivotal moment for your clients to go even deeper than you would in a program. And that's why I really love retreats. And it's such a cash injection for your business as well. And then you can deepen the relationship. And then when they go back home, they tell people about your retreat. And this is how my retreat business has really grown is that it's word of mouth because someone leaves that retreat, they go home and people see them. They're different. They feel different. They're sharing different things. They're like, what happened? They're like, I went on this retreat last year. You have to go next year. And then 
they become a client online for some reason because they're like, oh, they just launched this program. I actually want to take that masterclass with you. And so it really does build like this um, ecosystem within your business that allows your brand to grow as you impact more lives through retreats. Oh my gosh. I love that. You literally, I was going to ask you like, why do you love hosting retreats? And you just like answered that. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's not, it's not for everyone. And I feel like if you don't want to host retreats and you don't feel that desire, then don't do it. And then if you do, I, I understand like the discomfort that also comes with it and how it is different than selling an online program and also how it's the same. Um, and so I, I love that you're, you're sharing that Amber, uh, works with her clients on much more than just retreats, but I, I kind of think that that's like something really special about you that, a lot of business coaches don't take to the table. So especially for anybody who's like really been desiring to do retreats and the coaching business, like the online business side too, you've got to follow Amber and at least learn from her for free, but also check out her programs and all of that too. Can you tell people where they can find you if they're resonating with you and your story and and the work that you do in the world? Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having this conversation. So fulfilling and jazzed up on just <laughs> all, all the things growth. But yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Amber Hagberg. And then also if you want to dive into the podcast at Am- Am- Amplified Impact. I just love you. I feel like you bring like, I mean, I literally just saw one of your ads before our interview. And I just, I feel like you have like so many sides to you, like this spiritual, like, very holistic side. You totally have this like super strategic brain too. And it's really fun because we don't get to talk about it much of like this like money side of your brain too. So it was a fun conversation for me. And um, I'm sure everyone is feeling the same, but I feel like just having conversations like these like reminds you what really matters and like gets you out of your head about things and invites you to really think about your true desires and what you're doing with your money and why you want to make the money you want to make and all those things. So Thank you, Amber, for being a part of the conversation. Yeah, and thank you for having me. I remember when you you made the post and the invitation to anyone. And for me, like what I love so much is being able to have these conversations that like you just have with your best friends. Mm-hmm. And you're like, these are the things you get jazzed up. And it's like, you're talking business, you're talking money, you're talking love, you're talking romance. And for me, coming from being like a yoga teacher and really embodying what it means to live a yogic lifestyle, it's like, we really just want to find a way to be human, happy, full, and rich so that we can live our lives to the fullest. So thank you. I'm excited to go create content from this conversation. And yeah, anyone listening, look forward to connecting with you and yeah, hearing what resonates with you the most. Oh, me too. I love it. Thank you so much. Everyone who's listening, thank you. I hope that you love this conversation as much as I did. And If you did, be sure to share it and tag both of us on Instagram. We would love to see it. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Real quick before you go, if this episode gave you value, got you inspired, or has you feeling more confident than ever about your big goals, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a review? It would mean the absolute world to me, and it helps other powerhouse women just like you find this show, which is truly the best gift that you could ever give me. So thank you in advance for leaving a five-star review. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.